Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Welcome back to the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And I am happy to be here. Yes, after an an unintended week off. I'm podcasting with joy tonight. Yes. I'm just loving being in this room again and not I'm being across from someone instead of talking into my phone. Yes. I I can't tell you how weird that was doing last week's podcast by myself. There was a transition that happened. Initially I heard like ambient noise and then you like shut something and it suddenly became clear as a bell. What, where were you? I was in my truck, <laughs> and I had the AC running because it was hot. And then I'm like, oh, crap, you guys can probably hear the AC. And, and so, so you I just turned it off. switched it off. And you sweat for the benefit of the podcast. I did. Nice. I took one for the team. Took one for the team. It was, it was getting In more ways enough. than one. Yeah. So. yeah. And I'm going to apologize up front because I'm still kind of coughing a little bit. Allergies are doing a thing, but I'm, I'm like 90% of what I was last week by the end of day. So I apologize for the coughing, but as we do with everything, we're not going to be editing things out. I promise I won't cough directly into the mic. I don't know what I did, <laughs> but somehow I only have us in one of my ears, so I'm going to be fine. I'm but sorry. That's what I was talking about while the intro was coming in. Oh, I know why you did it. Hang on. Give me a second. I'm about See, to fix this. Plugging these things in and out has been, whoa. Did that hello, just totally change your life? Yikes. Yeah. All right, there I am. Again, the hardware equipment is not your forte. This is not my okay. forte. That's okay. That's I don't why. Know how Did you gave... know that word's actually pronounced fort? Fort? Yeah. That's like Andrew trying to tell me that Mohican is supposed to be pronounced Mohican. He's wrong. He is wrong. Yeah. There are some things you can be wrong about, and that is one of them. Sorry, but Forte Andrew. is supposed to be fort. Fort, yeah. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. No, I, it's stupid. It sounds <laughs> stupid. It can try all at once. All I picture is me in a blanket fort when I'm five, and I'm not yeah. going to do that. It's going to be Forte. So anyway, um, I think what we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that Sheldon talked about last week without me, because I literally found myself... Uh, responding to him during the podcast, like, no, 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 like, you're you're missing where I'm going here, you're missing my thought pattern. Which is why Nate is here, (laughs) to correct me as I go. So, so let me start off with my things I don't understand, and here you go, and, and you're gonna, you're gonna, I already think I know kind of where you're gonna go when I, when I say this, but my things I don't understand is specifically about you. I don't understand how you don't see the link between where the NFL has gone with the anthem protest. Male okay. cheerleaders in the NFL and the new oh. helmet contact head rules in the NFL as all being connected to the NFL oh, abandoning no, their totally, base. They're totally separate things. Oh, totally separate um, things Totally to you. separate okay, things. Okay. And, and uh, I, can, I can explain it, but I feel like I talked behind your back last week. I do have a video that I took in, in, in Indianapolis just for you, and it's... It's of the cheerleaders in Indianapolis, and they're all female. Well, yes, because they haven't they haven't done that. Oh, it's it's they're employed by individual teams. Is and they it do just what they like choose. a couple teams? Yeah, the Saints have done it, and there's there's one other team. I felt like a creeper taking this video too, but there you go. Yeah, all but again, female. But again, I don't care about the cheerleaders either. 
Jess, I'll go ahead and delete the cheerleader yeah. video. But, it's but, not that clear anyway. But but I'm I'm gonna be, let me be very clear though. I I don't care about the cheerleaders either. I don't I don't I don't think. But the but I don't who, know why you're concerned. No, it's 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 the fact that and and here's my thing. If they were introducing cheerleaders who were doing what male cheerleaders do in college sports, their job is to toss the girls and to be strong and be the thing like. Awesome. That's great. How do you know what the male cheerleaders are doing? Because I've watched college sports for years. Like I'm known. No, I'm I know no, that. I had, like I had relatives sports, who. But how do you know the NFL ones aren't? <coughs> because they're dancing along with the girls, doing exactly what the girls are doing. How do you know this? Because I watched video of it. I watched video of the <laughs> the one male dude that they have with the with the New Orleans team, and he is doing the same routine as the girls, minus pom poms and not in a skirt. Wait, why doesn't he get pom poms? I don't know that for one thing. I don't. I don't. Do get only that. girls but carry the pom poms? I have no idea. But well, again, only girls do the dance routines. As it, now, again, you go to like a Cavaliers game. Okay, they have separate teams. They have the Cavalier girls, which are Cavalier girls doing dance routines. But then they also have, I think they call them the Scream Team, which is a male and female, like just like street dancing team, and they're amazing. Like it's awesome. How does this affect the sport? It doesn't affect the sport. But what demographic are they playing to? By saying we're going to add effeminate male cheerleaders that are going to do the same dance routine as the girls. Well, who, maybe, who are they maybe playing they to? Are giving the girls something to look at? No, no, this is not that. Maybe some girls don't want to watch a guy in spandex with a football helmet on. They'd rather watch. Then the why guy are on they the there? Sidelines. Huh? Then why are they there? I don't care why they're there. But again, they are by definition. Then they are not a football fan. So plenty of people that aren't football fans show up to games. Yes, but that is not the core of who football fans are. You know what was hilarious at the Indianapolis <laughs> Niners game? The guy I was sitting beside yeah. had a small pair of binoculars that he would pull out when the cheerleaders were out there. <laughs> and he said that his wife made him bring the small pair of binoculars so he doesn't look like a creeper. <laughs> I would argue that the small binoculars make it worse, actually, so that's sad. But you understand what I I'm saying? Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm not talking again. I don't have a problem with the anthem protests in any respect. I'm fine with the, with the, uh, okay, players I, doing I, it. I feel like I, I should not argue with you as you give your no, rebuttal. No, 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 it's fine. That's I the talk, point. I talk behind your back, and you should be uh, <laughs> but able that's, to but say But that's your the piece. point: is having you here to actually. But that's the thing. I've told you before. I have no problem with the anthem protests, other than. If there's something contractually written in and you're going against your contract, you're in breach of contract with your employer and you got you couldn't do something like that where you work. If you did something that is against company policy, you are going to get fired. Period. Yeah, people That's get... how it works. That is how the world works. Or you could be reprimanded. <clears throat> but if you continue, you will be fired. If you continue to fly in the face of what your contract, what your employer expects, any of those things, that is so true. The NFL so, so I is look, supposed to be one of the last bastions of complete meritocracy. I have, where I have no anybody, problem. Anybody who is just really doggone good at football can play. Yeah. I mean, they put up with all kinds of stuff from Terrell Owens and no, Randy and I, Moss. And I, and, and, I, and, and I don't disagree with that. And, of course, your talent level gives you a... As it does in anything in life. It it's like It license. gives you a bit more of a license to do things. It's like LeBron James can get away with doing things that... I don't know. Seth Curry can't. Yes, Seth Curry. Yeah. The other Curry. Yes. Um, but, but here's my thing. Like, I thought it was a, a tremendous exercise in free speech. I love that the players were getting to do what they wanted to do. I love that President Trump could say whatever he wanted to say about it. 
I love that some NFL owners were like, we're going to support our players. And some NFL owners were like, no, we're not going to do this in our team. And I love that the NFL said, we're going to let this play out. We're going to let the teams decide. Mm. That is literally a perfect exercise in free speech of it being a nasty, stinking, rotten mess. But that's not mess. what happened. How is that not what happened? The Other NFL than the fact... No, the NFL <laughs> oh, and, did and, not and let, let it... me add, and let me add. And it was the fans saying, we don't like this, and we're going to let you know with our viewership, with our attendance, and you're going to feel the pain because we want you to change what you're doing. And that's, that's what the that, NFL responded no, 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 to in no. the end. That's not, that's not what happened. <laughs> You'd have to be a football fan to know no, some of this. No, what do you this. mean that's not what happened? The NFL didn't just let it play out. Initially, they did. Trump didn't just during that let first it play season, out. During that first what did he, if, what if did he do? But what did he do? Here's the thing. His mouth shut. But, but again. It was all going away. But again, that's the thing. It was a, it was a tremendous exercise in what free speech actually looks like. People saying stuff. And then each of them responding to the things that were being said and done. The NFL only started to get itchy about it when it started to actually affect ratings and when they were starting to get some bad press, not from the media, but from their own fan base, from the people who were buying yeah. the tickets and putting butts in the seats, which is how it works. And if, you're, and if you're at a point where the money is more important than the principle to you, you are going to go to the money. And that's what, that's what happened. I feel like viewership <laughs> dropped on other things, not just the kneeling. I, but I do feel like the media was somewhat culpable for it, and ESPN is only now realizing it, mm -hmm. where ESPN has basically been telling their people we're getting out of politics right. and back to sports. Which, I'm, oh, which I think is great. Which is a good Stay idea, in your but lane. They, didn't, like, they didn't realize it no. back when they were doing it, no. and that's all they were running. If the cameras would not have been on, okay, these people raised fists, these people kneeled, these people right. did this, these people did, and they're trying to chronicle all of it. And right. I'm like, if you're, at a, if you're physically at a game, you're not going to notice any of that crap because you can't see it anyway. And you have Bob Costas up there at halftime pontificating right. and, and waxing eloquent about all this stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> Just leave. Yeah, like, just shut up. Let let, let it their be speech be their speech, and let it and be. Then but here's the going. thing. Let me let me let me give you an example of what of what I expect where it comes to entertainment. So first of all, they started kneeling. Yeah, the NFL did not let it play out. Trump said something, and then the NFL was forced to go from there and ban it. They they banned it in this offseason and they've had to walk in it back. This, in this offseason. But during the season, when it was playing out, they did nothing during that season. Some and then owners reassessed did. owners did because they have the right to. It's their team. They pay the bills. They're the boss. <sighs> and again, I know you don't like it, but I am right. I'm right. And I know you don't like that I'm right. And I know by the sound you just made that you know that I'm right, but you don't want me to be. <laughs> But I'm just saying. I, like, I, think, I think your sequence is off a bit. Nah, but again, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I'm I'm more than willing to be wrong. I just don't think you're going to find it. And I know. And I know this is hard for you because you love the NFL like I love Major League Baseball. I get it. But and this I'm, is and a I'm totally. Not... This is a totally, <coughs> completely separate thing. So you don't understand how that. That thing that's played out over a course of like three seasons uh -huh. is somehow totally separate from a role change and somehow totally separate from the allowing the some of college cheerleading standards to move into the, the NFL. It's not college cheerleading standards. It's not the same thing, though. It's not the yeah, same thing. You don't thing. know how it's going to end up. No, but I, I, the motivation is what I'm talking about. Like even the whole, the whole paranoia over concussions. 
Like, this has come from people who don't care about football. Who are trying to pretend like football players don't no, know. No, it comes from people who do care about but, football. But listen, listen. It, now it has, but I'm saying initially it was not. It's from people that don't care about football. And you've got... And I'll, you've I'll got, let you... And you've got and you've got moms who are freaked out about their kids playing football and don't want them to, and that's like it's getting down into the lower echelons of culture now too, where football is going to suffer. For a long time, people have been critical of football because it is a gladiator sport. Yeah, people have not liked it. Moms have protested it. Mom, people don't want to have it in high schools. People don't want to have it at colleges. Like it has been under attack for a really, really long time. And the concussions gave a crack in the armor that people could go after the sport and try to get it to but fundamentally change. But who is changed. studying that? And, and again, there are some legitimate things about it. But honestly, if you, I can fix concussions and the traumatic head injuries almost overnight. The Joe Paterno idea? I don't know what Take Joe Paterno Take their helmets off? Take their helmets off. Look at the <laughs> NHL. Yeah. Look at the NHL. The higher you get in hockey, the less headgear you wear. Yeah, and they don't have a huge concussion problem in the NHL, and that is also a gladiator sport. Oh yeah, so so don't they've, they've made rule changes <laughs> about being when you can check people, right, when you can't, right. the types of checks that will be right. allowed. So. But again, if you're if you're getting to the point with something like football where you're willing to say I'm willing to fundamentally change the sport at its core in order to appease who, the players don't care. And even players who are retired, I can't tell you the amount of players I've watched, whether it's on ESPN or whatever, say, I knew the risk going in. Yeah, Football was really good to me, allowed me to go from down here to up here uh, yep. in terms of economically. And if I had to do it all over again, knowing the risk, knowing the more so how dangerous it is, I would do it again in a heartbeat. And they're basically saying, oh, no, you, you don't really understand. You don't, they're the ones who have played the sport. Yeah. Who are the people pontificating about this? And who are the people trying to rip the guts out of it? They're people who don't care about football. And yeah, they don't the really care about the types. players. And that's, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about they're abandoning their base. They're listening to a very loud fringe element in all three of these things. Whether that is Trump that they're listening to or not. He's, I would also include him as a loud fringe element. But the, the concussions thing for the NFL is a legal problem. It's different, it's different than just saying I'm making a choice because somebody's putting media pressure on me. It's because they, they are going <laughs> – they fought a lot of long legal battles right. with retired players. They fought right. a lot of legal battles to get the CBA that they have right. now, and they're laying the groundwork for the next CBA and not getting – opening gonna, themselves right, up right. to all kinds I'm, I'm of gonna, legal problems. I'm going to kick the hornet's nest here with what I'm about to say. Oh, boy. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to straight okay, up do go it. For it. I would love to know – the percentage of NFL players who have brought legal action against the NFL because of traumatic head injury that did not, through unrelated means, blow every dime that they made while they were playing for the NFL. Sure. I would love to know the percentage because to me, a lot of what I've seen, and again, I don't know it all. I, I, will, I will freely admit that I do not know the details of hardly any of the cases but I have seen details of enough of them that it seems to me like high-dollar ambulance chasing. Well, sure, but as an organization, the NFL has still to has deal to with insulate it. Absolutely. themselves Absolutely. from Absolutely. it. And <coughs> for me, I guess 
the whole CTE thing, I have seen players that have been concussed repeatedly, like yeah. Steve Young. If you if you follow what they say about CTE and everything else, Steve Young should like not be able to walk. Right. And he's doing fine. Right. And and some of these other guys that were concussed <laughs> repeatedly throughout their career, doing just fine. Walking and some guys just get fine. hit once but, and it. But you know what Steve them. Young is? He's a Mormon, and Mormons li- live a very clean lifestyle yeah. as a whole. Like, if there's somebody that's not going to be juicing on the team, that's not going to be putting right. all kinds of harmful chemicals in his body, it's probably Let him. alone the lifestyle on the side of yeah. whatever's going on in the NFL. Exactly. So, but like, that's the thing, too. You know, I'm, I'm saying, like, a lot of the people that you see doing really, really well without all what they're chalking up to CTE, yeah. a lot of them also live really, really clean lives. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm wondering, okay, so... Sometimes you have these guys where in the prime of their youth where they're growing, uh, their muscles are developing and all of this, and they're, they're taking all kinds of substances. They're, yeah. they're ab- maybe abusing alcohol. They may be abusing some certain types of drugs. They may be, drugs yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of things going on. And I'm like, okay, how, how have you limited it down that you know without a shadow of a doubt that all of CTE has to do right. with well, blunt and, and, force and what trauma happened, to the head? And what happened to the first X amount of years of professional football where – there weren't players who were like, man, why did this guy suddenly drop dead? Or why did this guy go out and shoot somebody all of a sudden? Why did this guy just go crazy and become a wife beater? This was not a thing Yeah. back until it suddenly became a thing. And so, again, I'm suspicious of it. I'm just – I'm really I'm, suspicious of it. Personally, I'm a little suspicious <laughs> of the chemical concoctions that people have yeah. been taking yeah. for years and years. Well, and and that's, the thing, that's the thing that's interesting to me, too, is because football is a weird hybrid. You know, baseball is very much still a – like, okay, you know, with, with the advent of Allen Iverson in the NBA, suddenly there was a transformation in the NBA where it became inseparably linked to hip-hop culture. Like, yeah. basketball and hip-hop culture are nearly synonymous at this point. Yeah. Uh, whether it's rappers rapping about basketball or, you know, basketball stars who are hanging out with rappers who are, are trying to be rappers. Style yeah. and all of it. All of it has become intertwined. Sure. Um, you know, in football. And thanks for giving credit to Allen Iverson. Yeah, of he course. He, he's, he's the dude. It's, if it weren't, again, credit, credit for the positive or the negative, however you see that. Yeah. I, would, I would say it was his, he was the trigger that brought hip-hop culture into the NBA. I without, love AI. Without question. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love things about AI. And mostly I'm just like, why do you, why were you, why do you do stupid things? Why did you not help yourself more than you did at certain points? Yep. But that's just the nature of it with almost any athlete, though, at different points. But, you know, you look at baseball, and it's other than, you know, you look at the juicing stuff that happened in the 90s for, for hitters, it is a fairly clean sport in, in the sense that, like, yeah, there's lifestyle and all those things going on, but you've got guys who, for the most part, had, like, fathers in their lives, had, had came from somewhat nuclear families, because baseball is a, is a sport that your father teaches you to play. Like, it is not yeah. something that you go to a playground and learn how to play. That's basketball. Uh, you know, football is something you you can learn through the school system more so. But, yeah. like, you don't get to high school f- 
you know, high school uh, baseball and some, somebody said, like, hey, come start try out for our team. It's like, no, it's like, well, what have you done up to this point? What did you start doing when you, you were like five years old that's going to get you? Team. Yeah. So it's a different dynamic. Football, if you're a particular size, you've played yeah. basketball before, we yeah. can teach you how right. to run routes. But football is an interesting duck to me because on the one side you have the hip-hop culture of the NBA that has been completely embraced and enveloped by that, for good or for ill. And on the other side you have baseball, which is – Mostly like your your all American type people, or of course your uh, now of course a lot of a lot of Hispanic uh, people that are playing baseball these days. Yeah, <clears throat> but again, strong family values, background. I yeah, mean, Hispanic culture is yeah. like strong, strong family values. Um, and then you have football, which is either in the hip hop scene or like good old boy trucker types, like farm country. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like you have this weird amalgamation of these two things. Okay. <laughs> And I don't even know why I'm getting onto this. Why am I getting onto this? Oh, because for the for the NBA to play to the to the to the hip hop demographic, that is their demographic now. That has become the urban. Yeah, um, and they should embrace it. Urban if they're culture make has money. right has become their main demographic. So yeah, go for it. Again, there are aspects of that that annoy me, but like, I still like the sport. I still yeah. like what it is. You know, baseball understands that. They're the American pastime, like we're the all-American, whatever. I mean, obviously, all three of these sports were invented in the United States. But this is like, you know, mom and apple pie. This is that sport, you know? Sure. And so they, they play to that demographic. They understand that is their audience. The NFL has lost their identity in this. And I'm not saying it's because of what their players are, but they don't know who to play to because they're in this weird limbo. So you're saying the NFL as, as an organization, a, as an organization, yeah, because needs it's become... like a marketing idea. <laughs> my my thing with the NFL is that they are trying to broaden their base. Yeah, but for but to what end? And to like, how can you change the game? So in order to broaden your base, they didn't they didn't change the game so much, but they have done a really good job at getting women involved in the sport in the way they in a way that they haven't before. They've been intentional <laughs> about getting uh, women broadcasters yeah. more time. They've been uh, given um, like actual radio broadcast, TV broadcasters, yeah. play by play. Is uh, a lot of women being involved there, right? Rather than just sideline reporters, which is which is good. Um, and and they've been doing better with apparel where it's not just all pink stuff for girls. Like you can get a jersey right. for your that's team just, yeah. that, that's just cut for women. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and it used to be if I was looking for something for Jess, it's all like pink stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, why do they assume that she's going right. to wear pink? Like maybe she and wants I, to wear the colors. But I, but I do, though. I think that a lot of this has to do more with, with the NFL so lacking identity. They've brought in their base to... <laughs> To appeal to women as well, which has been good and I think has shown itself by them becoming one of they are the largest sport in America. Yeah. The NFL is king. Yeah. And anytime you're king for a while, there's gonna be people come at you and try and bring you down. Right. And 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 I know that there's ebbs and flows to the market. So for me, I as an NFL fan, I don't really feel the anthem thing affects anything on the fi- on the field. No. I'm not going to not watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not going to not watch the playoffs. Right. And I know a few <laughs> people that talked a big game about how, hey, I'm not going to watch football again until those people stop kneeling. Right. If you stopped watching football over that, you weren't a football fan in the first place. Because right. all, all the people I know that had a problem with it 
sat there and begrudgingly said whatever they said and right. then went about watching the football game. Right. It, I don't think people say it, it affected a decline in viewership. I think that was affected because the broadcast was so polluted by it. You had but, the broadcasters but again, making but again, a big it's, deal. But it's all tangled up together. Like, that is all tangled but up together. But the NFL has no control over ESPN, ABC, Fox, and how they're announcing that game. <sighs> to say they don't, they have some kind of say. They have pull. Because they are the league, and yeah. yes, these are. But but I mean, you can't you can't tell me that if Goodell sits down with the heads of ESPN and like all these networks and says, "Hey, if you want to continue to broadcast our games, you need to talk about the sport and nothing else." You can't tell me that they would go, "Okay," uh, like they wouldn't be okay. I with don't that. know what his place would be because these people pay tons and tons <laughs> of money to broadcast an NFL game, and then it's theirs. Like, and and how I, they form their broadcast team and their and, writers. And I, and I get that, and I get that, but I'm talking like the actual game broadcast. I'm not talking about commentary. I'm not talking about after the fact. But I'm talking about that. You you can't tell me that they that he would not have some sort of influence over that. He he may. I don't know to what level. And and the the thing is because who isn't who isn't the broad- who isn't almost begging for the chance to have some kind of broadcast opportunity in the NFL. He's yeah. it's not like people aren't going to come knocking down. He doesn't need them. Like other people will come knocking down the door to fill that slot. It's not just going to sit vacant. I think the NFL knows how much they owe to the networks in some ways. Like, yes, other networks will compete, but how do you tell all the networks what they're going to do and yeah. what they're not? I, <laughs> the, the NFL has changed because of innovations in the networks as well. The mm-hmm. camera angle that's behind, right. that's behind the quarterback. That's at every broadcast game mm-hmm. now. That's right, right down there, the flywire thing. Right. Uh, the yellow first down marker has become like a real big thing. Yeah. I remember not having oh, yeah. these kinds of things and that watching football. I remember, I remember back when they first started doing it, and when a player would step there, it would disappear like on two feet on either side of the player because they yeah. hadn't figured out the technology to get it all the way through and consistent all the time. Yeah. And, and there's been so many different changes where replay is so much faster now. And like... There's a guy on the sideline of every game after every score that, you know, he's like holds up an X until New York signs off on it. And as soon as it's been reviewed in New York, he gives them the thumbs up and they go for it. Even in preseason, I'm like, they figured out a way to streamline it in the league working with the networks. And the league has said, you know, let's get a lot of these uh, commercial time. We got to cut commercials way down, you know. And all of that. So the league can say some things, but as far as editorializing and stuff, I don't know that they have a lot to say over. Right. Like, but again, that's I'm talking the actual broadcast, though. Yeah. I'm talking when it's My live, when it's is happening. Showing the <laughs> national anthem at all. Yeah. And I, and I agree. Like, I don't think it's something that needs to happen. Again, it's not like baseball where there's this long standing tradition of this happening. Like, but again, that's the thing that's so odd to me is that, is like, you look at the NBA. And that wasn't a thing in the NBA. Like, it never became a thing. Even in the height of, of Trump having stuff to say about it. And a lot of NBA stars who you would think would have said, yeah, we're going to stand in solidarity and protest this too. Yeah. And they didn't. Because it is very explicitly stated that you will stand for the end. What would have happened we'll if one of the NBA players <laughs> would have knelt? Would it Depends on who it would have been, <clears throat> I think. <laughs> but you might have ended up with the exact same controversy. 
And but yeah. it, but I but I tend to think that the league would have swung more in favor of supporting it than the NFL initially did. Because again, like I said, being that that was that was something that was centered around the idea of police brutality against specifically African American males, and because that is the predominant demographic, I think the NBA would have looked at that and said, "Yeah, this is this is our this is our bread and butter. We'll support it." I think it comes from a, <laughs> a, the NFL players and the NFL owners being further apart mm. than the NBA owners and the NBA players. Like the NBA it's players. Possible seem to have a direct access to their owners. They seem to know who they are and, well, and again, it's are a pl- able to talk. The, the NBA is entirely a player's league. Talk to them. The owners yeah. essentially don't matter. They're, they're, they're pawns in the scheme. But they've, they can talk to each other, and, yeah. and like they have a working relationship that yeah. does not exist in the NFL. No, the NFL I, I is very much that. like, it's, it's <laughs> like these rich guys up here and the players down here, and yeah. you're expendable, and you can be kicked to the curb so fast. Right. And, that's yeah, not, it's a definite different dynamic. That's not basketball. So when when the NFL players feel like they're being reprimanded or come down on by by the league, it it feeds into all of the stuff that they were protesting yeah. in the first place. Yeah. And again, I don't I don't think that I don't think that the league should have done anything about it. I think it should have just been we'll leave it up to the individual uh, yeah. franchises and let them do what they want to do. Uh, you know, I, I think that makes sense. So does the same thing go for cheerleading? Well, that's what they've done, essentially. But again, I'm looking at that and I'm like, who are you even doing this for? Like, who are you playing to with this? Like, is this just so you can say, yeah, see, we're not going to be misogynistic anymore with our cheerleaders. We're going to let a male cheerleader well, there has be been there a too. lot of pushback in the, <laughs> in the cheerleader realm. No, and I get that. but but Because they're women, they're being paid quite little for what they do. Right. And Choosing to do so, though. Um, yeah, choosing that's true. to do they so. They have huge tryouts every year, and people want to be a <laughs> and part of it. Thousands of women show up to try to be a part of it, but they don't pay them very well, and no. they don't. They work a lot for what they do, and I'm like, I don't know. I think the NFL does have a problem with how much they pay cheerleaders. Well, and really, then, if you really want to get into it, whose fault is this? What team is is at fault for the existence of cheerleaders in the NFL? Dallas? Dallas Cowboys. Did they were they the first ones that brought cheerleaders in? Far as I know, they were the only ones that did college have cheerleaders they, first? They've oh yeah, college but again, that's always been like considered its own separate competitive sport to some degree. Yeah. <coughs> um but yeah, as far as I know, the the initial cheerleaders in the NFL, at least the first really famous ones where they started getting like more skimpy. Yeah. Was was the the the, there's actually there's actually a really hilarious picture of uh, of Robin Williams I think in the 70s uh, coming out along with the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders dressed in the exact same thing as them. Oh no! And it's pretty darn funny. And again, somebody would look at that and say, "Well, why would you think that's funny?" But you have a problem with it because it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. They they knew it was funny. They knew it was a joke. And now we're supposed to look at this and say, "Yeah, no, this is serious and this is progress." That's not progress. That's not progress. Well, he did take a job from a woman. He did take a job from a woman, which is... <laughs> but again, if you get in the intersectionality of all of it, he is... I think he is gay. I think that was what they said in the article. So therefore, that I was already kind of assuming that. Yeah, and the, that's the thing. Like, I've, I've got no problem. Like, if you want to say, you know what? We want to mirror college sports more, like, because they like the cheerleading. Ass. We're going to get some, some guys in here to actually, you know, be a male cheerleader, not be a male female dancer like 
Who are you playing? Who wants to see that that watches football? Gay guys? Do they, though? Because most of them, I think they don't care about the cheerleaders. And it's not like he was this ripped dude. Like, he's just this, like, skinny little, like, like, yeah, he's, he's the kind of guy where I look at him like, oh, man, high school was rough for you. But it, like, doesn't, that's, it doesn't bother me. It, it only bothers me because of the principle behind it, because of the thinking behind doing it. Yeah. That's what bothers me. The action doesn't bother me. And milk cheerleaders all you want, but be, it's because it is... It is trying to send a message to, to people who in your fan base that don't care about that message. You're trying to look better in the eyes of people who don't care about what you are. But the NFL also has to appeal to a brand new generation as well. That is maybe more accepting of some of this stuff. <laughs> so they're than going other to appeal generation. to it by having a male cheerleader dancing with the girls. Sure. Really? That's gonna suddenly somebody's gonna be like, now it that they are, now that they are giving a man an opportunity to dance with the women, I am going to now watch the NFL because that is brave and strong and amazing. No, it just takes some heat off. But for, but who's the, what heat? When has when has when has it ever been a thing other than to say these women shouldn't be cheering like this? This is not okay. This is exploitation. Fine, then just get rid of it altogether if you think that's the case. Like who in their right mind says here's the solution to this? Yeah, I don't like, know. And so again, I I I I'm just disturbed. To me, it's completely <laughs> separate from the game, so I don't care. But to my mind, the mentality behind all of it is the is the linking factor. I agree with you. Each of these things are separate issues that are ah, not are not go. interacting with each other on an individual basis. Yeah. But the the mentality behind how are we being perceived by, I don't know, the millennial social justice warrior crowd that doesn't watch football anyway. Yeah. How do we appeal to them? How, they're mad at us on Twitter. How do we fix this? Why? Like who are you, who are you trying to make happy? You you're you're alienating and you're making people mad who have followed you for decades. That's true. To appeal to people who don't matter, like they don't matter to your sport at all. But you're scared of them because they're Twitter trolls. What what's gonna kill the sport is the lowering the head thing. If they yeah. continue to call it in the regular season like they did in the preseason, <laughs> which I don't believe they will. Yeah, soccer riots will look like nothing compared to what will happen. They booed so loudly. Yeah. At Indianapolis, I can't imagine what it would happen in a playoff game or a Super Bowl game where they would call that lowering the head. Oh, my goodness. The whole stadium roared when a Niners guy knocked the Indianapolis guy on his butt in Indianapolis because yeah. the hit was so good. The whole place roared, and the flag came in, and people started yeah. to boo. That weren't even Niners everybody, fans. It was everybody who's a football fan loves the hard we hits. We used to sit we and watch love the seeing, reels of yeah, all the hard Yeah, we want to see like the one where you go, oh, you know, when it happens. That's the point. Yeah. That is the game. That's and, why you kick off and <laughs> this guy grabs the ball and heads right back through everybody because yeah. we want to see him get yeah. his block taken yeah. off. Or we want to see a guy like, uh, like Ezekiel Elliott who gets piled on by all these guys who are bigger than him. Like, how did you get through that? Yeah. Like, that's the point. And so again, you could dance around him or you could run through his yeah, soul. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I that's where I look at it and I'm like you're abandoning you're abandoning your base. Yeah. For something that doesn't actually matter and doesn't contribute anything, other than, you know, the SPs are going to think more of you for it, which are a joke anyway. I don't think people watch that. No, they don't, but again, that's what I'm saying. They're they're playing to a It's not even a fringe because it's not even a part of their fan base. Yeah. Like, the fan base of the NFL doesn't care. Like you said, I don't care about male cheerleaders. Yeah, neither does anybody else. But they're making it a thing. Why? 
Who's who? Who are you doing this for? That's what I. That's what I don't understand. <coughs> so that that is my thing. Now, in in oh, taking off of this a little bit, you talked about my lack of love of football. Yes, I I like football a lot, but let me explain where my gap in football comes from. Okay. Okay. You say that you like football a lot. What does that mean to you? You don't like it as much as baseball. You don't no, like but, it as but, much as but basketball. Let me explain why. I have a very good reason why. Okay. A very good reason why. So, for one thing, when okay, no, not even for one thing, I started getting into sports and watching it. Watching professional sports, I'm really getting into it. Of course, you know, when I was really small, you know, like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, like like I knew these icons and they were something. I didn't know anything about their game. I just knew that they were on Nike commercials, or actually Converse commercials, and I had a poster of the two of them doing something rivalry-ish. Like, I understood the rivalry, but I didn't didn't watch the sport. Yeah. Mid-90s was when I started to, to pay attention to sports, was when it started to matter. So, like, probably about, like, 1994... Uh, 93, 94, somewhere in there. Yeah. 95. And 95 was when it really started hitting hard because that was when the Indians were starting to get really good. And you were in about fifth grade. Right. So what happened during that time? What happened in 1995? Um, the Browns got shipped to Baltimore. Yeah. So at the, at the formative years. And you were living here at the at time. At the formative years of me starting to learn to love sports. All we had in Cleveland was basketball and baseball. That was it. Gotcha. The Cavs were still, like, they were on the downward slope of their kind of greatness with Mark Price and, 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 and you know, all of those guys that were, that were there. You know, we had Steve Kerr for a while. Yeah. Which I didn't know I didn't until know recently. I had forgotten about. But anyway, and, and the Indians, like, that was, like, where you had, like, everybody was going to be a Hall of Famer. And yeah. yet they somehow never won a ring. But that that was, like... And, and, and the Jake was just built in 1994. Like, it was hopping in Cleveland in terms of baseball. And the Browns just, they just weren't. They were gone. And so they did not come back until 1999. Yeah. So that is basically Most my formative sports and yeah. growing up years. So I literally missed the boat on being completely invested in an NFL team. And there I wasn't still kept much track. to be invested in <laughs> once they came back anyway. No. no. And I, and I will make the for me was the best foot some of the best football I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. Like the 95 49ers should have won the Super Bowl right. if Garrison Hurst doesn't like right. blow out his knee. Right. And so so that is why I don't have the same vested interest in football that I do in basketball and baseball because it just wasn't it wasn't a thing. And I still retained a little bit of love for the Colts being initially from Indianapolis. Um, and especially once they actually were good, you know, it's like you you had uh, you had Peyton Manning and suddenly they started to become a thing again. I was like, "Oh, this is this is pretty cool." Um, but I will contend the problem with the Cleveland Browns and why I'm I'm genuinely a little bit on the hopeful side for them this year. I feel like oh, they've, yeah, they've got some good. good potential, and it's going to be actually they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, um, as opposed to just frustrating to watch. Uh, usually, it was like they're fun to watch for the first two quarters, and then the third quarter destroys everyone's soul. Yeah, and then <laughs> they try to scramble back in the fourth, and it just wouldn't happen. <clears throat> but um, I think where the Browns went wrong is that Clevelanders fought to keep the Browns' name and records here in Cleveland instead of just letting what Baltimore did and said, you know what, Colts all together, you're going from Baltimore to Indianapolis and all the 
history of it. Like, there's still, you know, history that's retained, like, well, when they were in Baltimore, but they're the Colts, and they are in Indianapolis now. Yeah. Because they, the people, ra- you know, raised this huge stink, and the Made Browns retained the all of that stuff, and they said, okay, we'll, be, we'll go to Baltimore and become the Ravens. Oh, and by the way, we'll win a couple Super Bowls now that we're the Ravens. Because the Browns at that time was still a great organization. Yeah. It was still a great organization. And that entire organization left. Every bit of it left. Yeah. And so because we retained the name and all the things that were associated with the Browns, when the Browns came back, the Browns didn't come back. We started a new franchise, which automatically means we're going to be bad for a while. But all you had was the rabid Cleveland fan base who's saying, yeah, we're back. The Browns are back. No, no. And if we would have been a complete new startup where if it had been, you know, I don't know, I don't know, pick a name, you know, the Cleveland, whatever, you know, whatever they would have called them if they, if, if yeah. it had been the Browns, then there would have been fan acceptance of, we're going to have to wait this out and, and figure it out. We're going to have to see what the front office so the is. Expectations we're gonna have, so the expectations so would be not, not so great, but realistic. Mm-hmm. The minute we got the Browns back, quote, we thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome again. And we just sucked. And we have sucked ever since because it's, it's never been that organization. That organization is gone. And they're still a, a fairly great organization. Yeah. Like the Baltimore Ravens are still a great. Now, again, they haven't had as much success here in the, in the last few years. But the organization overall, uh, front office, all of the structure, it's still good. It's still got some yeah. fidelity to it uh, because they have the culture. Our, our, our team was never able to establish culture because all we're doing is looking back at what the Browns were. And we yeah. said, oh, yeah, we're still that. Well, no, we're not. I think the Browns, I think, <laughs> and it could be because of expectations, but I think where the Browns always went wrong is that they were always looking for that quarterback, quarterback. savior. Uh, they needed to draft an offensive, offensive line first. You get a good O-line, and, and you can make even a mediocre quarterback look Decent. Yeah, they're always looking for the quarterback savior, and as soon as they I have think, somebody that shows some we promise, they crown them yeah, way too quickly. I think quickly. we had some potentially great quarterbacks who had no no protection, and so you can't throw the ball. Like, what are you going to do? I don't think you ever had potentially great quarterbacks. I think I think Cleveland is a is a quarterback killer because of how poorly they constructed their offensive line, because you had guys who would just either get pummeled and lose their confidence or have to scramble when they couldn't scramble and accomplish nothing and end up throwing the ball away. Like, it was demoralizing. Yeah. I mean, what are they – There's you can't do anything. The pocket collapses and there it goes. But if you look at the list of Cleveland Browns quarterbacks, I don't think there's anybody on there that was going to be tremendously successful elsewhere because most of them went on to play elsewhere and didn't show anything. But after they'd played a significant chunk in Cleveland – Brian Hoyer started on the Patriots. Let's not even talk about Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Let's not even talk about Brian Hoyer. Or like Charlie Fry, I think, was drafted there. Uh, trying to think who else. The the guy they had right away. Couch. Couch. Yeah. He was supposed to be good coming out of college, but, I mean, so was a lot of guys. Yeah. Matt Leinert was supposed to be good coming but again, out of college. I, but, I would, but I would still contest that these guys would have at least been passable quarterbacks had they been on a team that was better run. And had better had drafted an offensive line. You got a really old Jeff Garcia, and he looked halfway <laughs> decent on the Browns, but he was way past his prime. Like right. no Browns quarterback that I can think of, off the top of my head, has gone on to do anything else. Yeah, or had 
that great of a career before. Right. But again, I, I would love to see, I would love to see what would have changed had they been put in a different organization. Yeah, I think that, they were convinced that they needed to draft their quarterback savior yeah. instead and of just still, going and, out and getting and him. And freaking media still on, in Cleveland, that's all they ever talk about. Hey, this draft, we're going to get a quarterback? It's like... Baker Mayfield is going to be the best quarterback of that draft. I, I, without a doubt. I would agree with that. I think they picked well. Um, yeah. I'm just hoping... And again, their, their offensive line has gotten better. Or you could do what the Niners did and just go trade for one. Give up a second round pick for a future yeah. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. So again, I'm hopeful, but that's that's my thing with it's it's not that I have a a, a problem with football or I dislike football because I don't. I I think it's I it, it interests me to watch. I enjoy watching it. Um. But but it just it doesn't have my heart, especially like baseball does. Like baseball. Yeah. Like I've always said, when yes, when the Cleveland Indians finally win a World Series. I will just ugly snot bubble cry like a baby when they finally do because I've been invested in them so long and seen them get so close and still just not quite get there yet. For me, I like baseball, but I don't have the attention span to watch. Like the Phillies were good when I was younger Mm -hmm. and I was into it, but I just didn't have. I I still don't have the attention span yeah. to sit down and turn on a television baseball game. Yeah. I can't. Oh, I love. I it. can't do it unless watch it. it means something in the playoffs. I watch it all day long. I, I love it. What? I absolutely love it. They I play love way it. too many games. Way too many games. But for the complexity of what the sport is, they really don't like. There, there's really not a way. There's not a way to have a fair dynamic. Without playing that many games, because you get on hot streaks, yeah, and you'll win like a, a ridiculous amount of games in a row, and you know, like you'll go into the All Star break and you'll be like fifty games over five hundred, and then after the All Star break, you'll be like fifty under five. Like you, it, it can just change so much, and so I think they've figured out the great dynamic in that. But it takes all the meaning out of one of the games. Like just watching one game doesn't mean anything. No, so because it's little. about because it's about the series. It's always about the series. Games of the series. It's a three game or four game series. Like that's then that's wake what me up at. on game seven. <laughs> well, it's not seven. It's not seven unless it's a World Series, of course. But but that's the thing. Like you you have to have that the global perspective. Of it. Like this yeah. isn't just about the game. This is about the series. Like you know the the Indians just w- played the best team in baseball, who is literally fifty wins over. 500 right now in, yeah. in the Boston Red Sox, Red Sox, and they took, they took two of the four games. Yeah, and competed in the third one, the the one they just got shellacked. But and that to me is an interesting dynamic because it's not about oh, who won the game. It's like no who who won. It's like who won the war instead of who won the battle. So for me, it's each individual moment is a diminishing amount of importance. Uh huh. So. Like, the game is less important than an NFL game. It's exactly about, like, ten times less important than an NFL game. Yeah. Each individual game. So that means each individual inning is one-ninth of that one-tenth of an NFL game. Yeah. And then each one of those outs is also a diminishing amount of yeah. meaningless. And after a while, I'm just like... But I love the patience of the game. That's what I love about it. I, I love- know, but it's a huge time <laughs> waster. No. I disagree. I love that it's not run by the clock either. I love that it's uh, it's it's you play until you have a winner. 
I don't mind watching it in just, person. Yeah, that's I lo- fine. I and love, even listening to it on the radio is fine because I can do something else. I love every but aspect of the game. I can't sit there and watch it unless nope. it's playoff baseball. I, I, mean something. I love it. I love it. I love preseason baseball. I love it all. Preseason baseball? I love it all. Oh, man. Yeah, I do. I do. And, uh, and again, as far as the NBA, I love the NBA, but I don't care until after the All-Star break. I got to watch some games, but I don't care. Yeah. Until after the All-Star break, at least when we were competitive. Who knows? I mean, we, I may care more this year because now it's just going to be, you know, Young Bucks and Kevin Love, and it'll be fun to watch. If, if you think about <laughs> football, how meaningful each minute of it is, yeah. that's what's so crazy about it. Yeah. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo just got the richest quarterback contract. Right. He's going to be on the field at home for a total of four hours yeah, in San Francisco. Right. Because half of each game, 30 minutes, because offense and defense, about half the game he's going to be on the field. Games are an hour long of game time as far as actually playing the game. Right. The dude's going to be out there for four hours at home and eight hours throughout the whole season. Right. And I'm going to watch every last (laughs) minute of it. You know, he's getting paid millions of dollars for eight hours of competition. Yeah. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Although there's a lot of of practice time in football, too. I know, but, like, every single moment means something. Your your season is changing with every catch, with every drop, every single thing. Your hopes are going way up and way down. Well, and see, but, though, I get the same thing, though. I get that same rush out of, like, Watching a pitcher's ball movement or his speed or lack thereof, or no. or watching the way a hitter adjusts, like that kind of stuff, like just absolutely blows my mind. And I love every second of watching that dynamic. Okay. I just that I makes you a baseball fan. Yeah, I just do. And the thing is, I'm not even a big analytics or uh, statistics guy, which is baseball people are supposed to be all about. Yeah. But I don't care. <clears throat> I mean, I love you know looking at that's even worse aspects. to me. I love looking at certain aspects of, but I'm not like a. I'm not like a hardcore analytics guy. Like, you know. I tried to play fantasy baseball one year, and that was the worst. I, st- I don't really get fantasy sports. Like, I understand Ooh. it. I understand I have it. three fantasy drafts next week for football. Yeah, and I, but I just don't. That is, that is a level of, I don't even know if you can call it fandom because it's like. Sure it is. That's a level of involvement that I'm just not interested in. What, knowing backup running backs? Just just having to invest that kind of time and that kind of energy. I'm watching the games anyway. But that's, to me, the, the joy of the game is watching the game. I don't want to sure. be sitting there thinking about what that's my why fantasy I don't team is Seahawks. doing. <laughs> <laughs> except I don't, now, except I don't now, Seahawks. Except now you would. Kinda, why? Because of Richard Sherman. No, so, I don't. Sherman so, plays defense. So remind me, remind me of that, by the way. Not remind me, but how's that going for you, by the way? He looks fantastic. I know, I, I know. took a picture of him yesterday. I know, I saw that. You're, you're, you're liking it. Uh, Andrew Luck didn't even look to his side of the field when he was out there. There was once or twice he, he looked like he was going to tempt him, and then he didn't. And I'm like, I love this. We haven't had a corner that... A quarterback, Andrew Luck's caliber, was like, yeah, not in a preseason game. I'm not going to risk it. And just would throw to the other side of the field. Oh, man. Now, Sherman's face, to me, is still punchable. Yeah. Like, ugh. He's the Draymond Green of football. I love Draymond. <laughs> I, I love fiery competitors. 
Like I don't mind I don't mind Sherman's fire in competition. What I will never get over is him running all the way across the field in Seattle to smack Harbaugh on the butt and then run away. That level of immaturity I can't get over. And when you win and and you've just won, there is no need to run around putting your opponent down. So you're describing the entire Golden State Warriors right now. They don't it's not uh, it's not like uh, putting putting your opponent uh, down. Uh, like running around saying Crabtree isn't is a mediocre receiver saying and that, that kind of garbage. Saying that saying me and Tristan Thompson ain't cut from the same cloth. He can't hang where I hang from. Come on. He is no. It is the same thing. Him don't Tristan even Tristan Thompson aren't cut from the same cloth. Except t- Tristan Thompson laid him out here recently in a in a confrontation that they had. Clean this cloth. That shows his immaturity. No, it shows you that Draymond Green is just doing it for show and doesn't actually have the stones when it comes down to actually having a Draymond confrontation. Draymond did it on the court. No, but he, he but he talked trash that was off the court. Who would you saying, take on your team, Draymond or Tristan Thompson? Oh, Tristan. What? <laughs> Without a doubt. You put Tristan on the Warriors, he's gonna be he's still gonna be great. You put you put Draymond on the Cavs, he's gonna suck. The only reason Draymond Green is anybody I'm, besides his competitive spirit, and I will give him props for Draymond that. Draymond was good in college. Lots of people are good in college when it comes to basketball. And he was good in the NBA. He's just good. You take him off the Warriors. He is going to go sign a huge contract with somebody else. In this offseason, because if they're going to come down to having to pay Kevin Durant or pay him, they ain't going to pay Draymond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's going to go play for somebody else, and he's just going to fade away. <laughs> I promise you. You hope. No, I swear. It'll happen. I promise. That's because, what Seattle fans were hoping for because, Sherman, and he isn't going to do but that. Sherman, but, but, even, but football is a different dynamic because he Draymond is who he is because of who the Golden State Warriors are. Because of what the team is, what the dynamic is, what the environment is. I see Draymond like T.O. No. No. I, I just like, I love the fire and the I'm better than the guy standing in front of me. But he's, and but he's not. But he's not. When you have a guy who's worried about Clay Thompson, who's worried about Kevin Durant, who's worried about Andre Iguodala, who's worried about um, Steph Curry, Steph Curry yeah. of course you can shine. They're not looking for you. They're not worried about you. They're scared to death of these other guys. You can do whatever the heck you want. But if you go to a team where suddenly you're going to be more the guy, you're the man, he's, he's just going to fade away. I love the place that Draymond touches in Cleveland fans. It's mm. so awesome. Well, it's, it's precious. No. But, uh, yeah, Sherman is a tough one for me to get over. Like when, when Dion came to the Niners, that was tough because I, I wanted to not like him. Yeah. And then he went to Dallas, and it was easy to hate him again. <laughs> Let me but, let me ask you this question cuz I don't know that we've ever really talked about this. What's that? The majority of your f- sports fandom, yes, is centered around where you have geographically been. Yeah. So like, you know, you you like the Phillies, Flyers, you, you like the Flyers, you like the Sixers, Penn State. How how did you end up being a 49ers fan? My dad. Okay, but explain that. Why is your dad a 49ers fan? I don't know. He he loved he loved the eighties forty niners and yeah. he just felt like they played with class. Well and they were like and the Chicago Bulls of football, they essentially. Were, well, they were really good and like the early eighties, they really did come from nothing. Yeah. And they drafted the right players in the right sequence mm-hmm. and they really meshed the team well. Bill Walsh was very innovative in everything that he did. Yeah. And the owner the owner 
uh, Eddie DeBartolo was always on the sidelines. He knew his players. He's one of the first guys to really figure out that if the players, their accommodations were great, that they would that they would in turn put a better product on the field. Like he'd fly them out ahead of time. They'd stay in great hotels. Their food was always good yeah. and, and stuff like that. Like he really cared about his players. And so my dad loved Joe Montana. He was, yeah. he was the guy and my dad just, my dad isn't like a crazy avid sports fan. Like you won't know that when you watch football with yeah. us, like there's a lot of loud commentary on everything, <laughs> but like sports to him are not the big thing, but it was something that we did together. We yeah. watched football together. And, right. and he always was like, you know, you watch the Niners, that's the way football should be played. Yeah. Like they were setting the standard and it was easy to dislike pretty much everyone else at the time and say this, this is really how I like to watch football. Like they were playing it the way it should be played. Yeah. And he was always like, look, Look at the Eagles. Look what they're doing. He's like, this This is ridiculous. You know, you got Buddy Ryan out here, and he's running this crazy defense. You got Randall Cunningham with the chuck and duck. I, the number of times I've heard my dad say, look at Cunningham back there with his chuck and duck. He's like, step up there and just throw it with your eyes shut and see where it goes. Like, <laughs> hoping he doesn't get his teeth knocked out, you know, and oh all of that. Goodness. Like, the Eagles at the time were playing this kind of weird football that you're like, what am I even watching? Yeah. They would they would snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and, and everything that the Cleveland Browns can say about their recent experience, the early 90s Eagles were that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I grew up in that environment. He's like, now watch these Niners. These guys, they do it. They do it right. Yeah. So that was where I grew up and I was in the middle of Eagles country. So I was a loudmouth little kid. And oh, yeah. who do you think I went to school and oh, taunted yeah. everybody with? It was... You know, it was the Niners. I, I forgot to mention this to you, but there's a guy who goes to our church whose uncle is DiBartolo. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. That's I, pretty cool. We just found out, too. Well, the DiBartolos are from the Youngstown area. Yeah. So and this they, guy they is are from, Ohio I people. think it's his uncle. Yeah. It's either his uncle or a cousin. Yeah. They do stay in Youngstown. The Niners practice in Youngstown yeah. as they're yeah. on East Coast trips, which yeah. they're not but doing. A little tidbit year, for you. There yeah, you go. That's thought, really cool. I'm, I'm so excited. There's Niners fans everywhere. Yeah, it's one of those things. They're they still are just in every state. Yeah, I've never lived. In I lo- a- you know what I love about the 49ers? What's that? Is that their name correlates to their state? Yeah, still. Oh yeah, and and that annoys me about so many things like like the Los Angeles Lakers. They yeah. were the Lakers because they were founded and and initially in Minnesota, which yeah. makes sense because you're in the Great Lakes area, the Lakers. But now they're out there. Uh, Golden State Warriors were originally Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia, and again, made a little more sense in that in that area than it did out in California. Like I, I get annoyed with I get a little annoyed with that with with taking a franchise. Well, the Ravens are really good for Baltimore. Like yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, totally. But totally. But again, they would have been the Baltimore Browns. Yeah. So so I always get annoyed with like when you see a team and you're like, why are they called that? Yeah. You know, with where with where they currently they don't are. Really, yeah. It's like what. To where they came from at all. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's pretty cool. And the team was founded in uh, 1949. Yeah. Which is yeah. super cool. But you know, I mean, you know the 49ers moniker, where that comes yeah. from, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I yeah. assumed you did, but, but The yeah. Gold Rush. Yeah, the Gold Rush, that. yeah. That's what they call our cheerleaders, by yeah. the way, is the Gold Rush. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. 
Back, circle back around. There we go. All the way back. But yeah, around. yeah. I, I appreciate that about the 49ers for sure. Yeah, not, I'm a big Penn State fan, and that's kind of where my rant came from last week about oh, yeah. Urban Meyer and all of that. Yeah. And just, Which, how do you feel about his three game suspension? It's just so the whole pageantry. Was you know so what stupid. I basically think it was. I think I think the I think the powers that be at Ohio State went to Urban and said, "Look, we know you did nothing wrong." But if you're going to stay here and if we're going to survive this, we have to do something. I, I think the upper crust of Ohio State, uh, we're getting played out by our music here. <laughs> but I can mute it. Ah, Nate so there muted it, is. it. All right. That won't be but on the recording. I was just going <laughs> to, I heard our outro music going yeah. out. So. We thought we could actually cut off our conversation by having the bookends. Uh, we actually started with our intro and let our outro play just now, but it's starting and we're not quite done yet, but we'll the, wrap up soon. We're yeah, we're close. pretty close. Um, <laughs> I was watching the 30 for 30, the Youngstown boys oh, yeah. about Mar- Maurice Claret mm-hmm. and uh, the coach. Come on. Yeah. Uh, why am I not? Yeah. Trussell. Uh, Trussell. And sweater and rest. I just, I could not get over how above like the players and the coaches who their stories were compelling and whatever. Everything above them at Ohio State just felt dirty to me. Mm. And that whole you you watch that whole thing, and I'm like, this just feels dirty. And I get the same feeling again. Like I don't feel that way about the players at Ohio State. I don't feel that way about Urban Meyer. Yeah. But I just get the feeling like you start to move up the ladder through the Ohio State structure, and <laughs> I just think that whole thing is dirty. I somehow. think, but you I know, think there's I think, just way too much going on. But I think that's going to be pretty much. Any, well, it any definitely major was at Penn program. State. Yeah. I mean, once you rip the Band-Aid off that thing, you're yeah. like, whoa, every every bit above the players and yeah. the coaches, you're like, this is really inbred and really odd yeah. how all of this works. Yeah, and, and I think it's just the unfortunate reality of any organization like that. There's too much money involved. There's mm. too much power. There's, uh, I don't know, all of it just stinks even worse than politics to me. <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, unfortunately, it is politics. Yeah. But we can get into that a whole other time. Yeah, but. but that's how I feel about the urban thing. I, I feel like a lot of a lot of times you see these big press conferences, you see them want to slap a coach down for this violation or that violation, and it's just reversing flow on all the crap going on above them, and it filters right. down to the players, filters down to the right. coach, and I never like how it plays out. Yeah, but yep, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Anyway, well. I guess that's it for us tonight, yeah. Yeah, we did a whole thing on the things we don't understand. Yeah, essentially this was a this was the things we don't understand slash rebuttal. Yes. from from last week's. This is what uh, I get podcast. for talking behind Nate's back. Well, you know, I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. I may do one without you at some point. I thought about <laughs> honestly because he sent it to me to initially do some stuff with. I thought about recording my response. And then just sending that to him so it was all together in one podcast. I wouldn't have listened to it. Yeah. I'd never go back and listen to these things. Yeah, I listen to him every week. Every <laughs> week. I don't know if that makes me conceited or what, but it's a reality. But anyway, guys, uh, Sheldon, tell them how they can get a hold of us or uh, reach um, out to us. At, at TTWS Podcast on Facebook, at The Things We Say uh, Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, the other one was Instagram. Yeah, first one no, was Twitter. Twitter. We don't have an Instagram. We probably should. We should get an Instagram. That's we'll, we'll that, think that hasn't that. occurred to me. We'll think about that. I'm not. Yeah, Instagram is not my jam. Like, my wife is super good at Instagram. And let her post for us at <laughs> at the things we say. No, <coughs> it's not at the things we say at mail.com. Yes, is our email address. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Your your action step this week is to send us either a tweet, a Facebook message. 
or a email about yes. your favorite podcast. Some kind and of, why? Some kind just of real tweet. short. Just yes. say, hey, this was my favorite podcast, and why so far? Because we're looking at what we want to do in season three. So, all right. Well, I think that's it. There you go. All right. We'll see you guys uh, next week. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.